If you have your Bibles, I would invite you to look with me, please, at uh, John, the eighth chapter. Today we jump back into John, and uh, I would like to remind you that Jesus' oral defense that he's been presenting for the past several weeks, as he tries to explain to these who were the religious leaders of the day that his mission was to fulfill what his father had called him to do. It begins when he appeared at the Feast of Tabernacles. And you remember that? His brothers had told him to go when they knew they were going to kill him or trying to kill him. And eventually he went and he starts to teach. And we really pick up with this at the beginning of chapter 8 where they have brought a woman caught in the midst of adultery to him. And basically they say, what should we do? Or what would you do trying to trap Jesus? They're ready to kill him. And as you remember, Jesus diffuses that landmine and really tosses them another and says, well, if you don't have any sin, why don't you cast the first stone? So he he takes that grenade and kind of hands them another one. And then he goes on to tell them that he is the light of the world and that he was sent by his Father. And then if you really understand the Scriptures, he is shadowing or foreshadowing, he's telling, he's revealing that I am the Messiah, the one that's been promised, the one that you've been waiting for. And these who would hear him that day were content to trust in their own family heritage. And I love to hear it, well, my daddy was a deacon, so what? Oh, sorry. Didn't mean to scare any of the deacon kids here. (laughs) My daddy was a preacher. Yeah, so what? I got four of them that could claim the same thing. It's what your relationship is to Christ. But they were claiming that they were children of Abraham. They were of the promised seed, if you will. And Jesus says, no, you're not. Last week he talks about the fact that Abraham was a man of faith, but you are really murderers. You're trying to kill me. They've been trying to do that since about chapter 5 of this gospel. And today, he goes from talking about them being not really truly being children of Abraham last week. He basically says, you are children of the devil. Man, that's some straight talk to the religious leaders of the day. Claims to be the son of Abraham, but no, he says, you are more like the sons of Satan. He says... Abraham was of the truth, and and you're following the liar. Abraham was of life, and you are of death. So, who's your daddy? Enter Toby Keith. You know I got it, so come and get it. Who's your daddy? Who's your baby? Who's your buddy? Yeah, who's your friend? having that in your head the rest of the day, 
That is the title this morning, Who's Your Daddy? And those of you who are Toby Keith fans, uh, some of you had heard me talking about this earlier. I know he's uh, currently recovering from stomach cancer. Uh, he uh, tried to hold the banner of Bob Hope for many times with the USO. I, he came to Iraq the year I was there, and I'm sure some of you who have been different places, Afghanistan, Iraq, uh, other uh, overseas assignments, uh, he uh, made the, the rounds. So... Um, why did I sell that? Because he's so famous from that song, Who's Your Daddy? And Jesus is asking that very question, Who's Your Daddy? And the first thing he says, if you want to determine who your daddy is, you need to take a hearing test. And that's our first point. You know, the last hearing test I took as I exited the Air Force, now eight years ago, I think, something like that, somewhere in that neighborhood, seven. Um, not only did you hear the... Anybody ever taken hearing tests? Anybody can't hear what I'm saying. <laughs> uh, and we have joked, uh, I'm looking for like where Laura, uh, uh, Lori uh, Howard and, and Dean Howard, uh, I've had aviation physicals where they check your hearing, and all the doctor does is goes to the corner of the room and says, can you hear me? And if you're standing over here and you can hear him, you pass. You know, I mean, that's a third-class medical. If you can hear the guy halfway across the street, because you can, you can turn up the volume on your headsets in your airplane, and you usually can hear it. But the last hearing test I got was not only you push the button, you know, you have the low tip, and, and you're pushing this little button. Then they started reading words to me. Have you had one of those? They read words to you, and you have to speak the word back. Such as, and I even wrote some of them down because I don't remember them, but I looked them up on the interwebs. Like, clove, dyke, fraud, hive. How that determines your hearing, I don't really know. I'm not an audiologist. I'm not even, uh, I did sleep at a Holiday Inn, but I don't know much about hearing. Other than I've got some hard of hearing things going on in my own life. But if you cannot hear it properly, obviously what you say back will not be properly. Jesus says, you need a hearing test. Because your hearing test will determine the father you follow. He says, I speak the words of love, and you hear only hate. I speak of life, and you speak only of death. Very straight talk. Let's look at verse... Actually, I haven't even read the Scripture for you. Let me just read it for you. I think I got so excited about who's your daddy. Um, Jesus said to them... This is chapter 8, verse 42. Jesus said to them, If God were your Father, you would love me. For I came from God, and now I'm here. I have not come on my own, but he sent me. That's God, the Father, sent him. Why is my language not clear to you? Because you are unable to hear what I say. You belong to your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desire. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native tongue. Man, that is, wow. When he lies, he speaks his native tongue. For he is a liar and the father of lies. Yet because I tell the truth, you do not believe me. Can any of you prove me guilty of sin? If I'm telling the truth... 
why don't you believe me? He who belongs to God hears what God says. The reason you do not hear is that you do not belong to God. Let's pray. Father, as we uh, tongue-in-cheek say, who's your daddy? It is a profound question for each of us to say, do we serve you as our father? Or do we serve a liar, a murderer, the devil himself? And for church people to hear that today, that's an absurd question. We're here because of our relationship with you. We're here because we choose to obey, and we want to obey, and, and we want to serve, and we want to live out the faith that you've put into our hearts. But so many times we are drawn the other direction. We're pulled back into our sinful lives. And today I pray that as we ponder and consider our allegiance to you and the pull and the influence that Satan has in our lives, that we would reject him and cling only to you. That in fact, we would pass a hearing test by listening for your word. Speak to us. Speak to our hearts. For we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. So, back to verse 42. Jesus says to them, If God were your father, you would love me. For I came from God and now am here. Recounts back to John 1.1. 1, 1. In the beginning was God and God. The Word was with God and the Word was God. So he's come now from the Father. And he gives them this straight talk and says, If you knew my Father, you would love me. In the Greek language, and I know sometimes I'll throw a Greek word out there. Most of you know the, the love words in the Bible, right? Yes? Yes? No? It's like love is philo, is brotherly love, eros is that erotic love, and agape is that all-consuming love. This is a cognate. This is a version of agape. It's agapeo. And it means to love and wish well, to regard the welfare of because of the love of the Father. He's saying that if you knew the Father, you would love on me because of the relationship. But instead, they wanted to silence him. They wanted to kill him. At least, as I said, since chapter 5, when he healed the man who was the paralyzed man who was beside the pool at Bethesda. Since then, they have plotted how the best way, how can they get in and kill him? But over and over, Jesus is love. In verse 43, he says, Why is my language not clear to you? Because you're unable to hear what I say. Most of you are familiar with Gary Chapman's book, The Five Love Languages. I can remember one of the first times I covered the adult Sunday school class over there. Uh, this is probably in 2016. I think I covered the entire book in a 30-minute Sunday school class. So if you haven't ever read that book, you, you, it helps you determine what is the way you receive and give love. And, and that is actually one of them, is receiving or giving of gifts. And that's probably my love language. You know, there's one about spending time with. There's one about giving praises. 
My dad was not real good at ever praising me, so I'm probably not the best about praising people. We often mimic the love that we saw in our parents as we share that love with others. We always challenge each other to do more. But these people didn't understand Jesus' love language. They didn't know which, what, he, what he was doing. Jesus' words may not have been the problem. He says it's your hearing. They are listening to their father. Now, second Greek word for the day is the word akuo. That is the Greek word for hearing. You have heard of acoustics. Musicians know of acoustics. Can you believe I took an acoustics class in college? Had to be a general studies science class, and I was trying, I think I was a senior, trying to fill up the, you know, trying to get the 120 hours, get out of there. This one met at a good time, didn't have to get up too early. Acoustics, got to be easy, show up, and it was fun. The old man that taught it was probably my age. Man, I thought, why didn't he retire? He just looked so old. White hair, thank you, Cliff. It, season. He was wise beyond his years. I can just remember his main argument was, he says, welcome to acoustics, blah, blah, blah. And I just want you to know if my had patented my best idea, I wouldn't even be here teaching this class. You know, of course, he had my, he had my attention. He goes, Les Paul, that joker, stole my idea. I took a string, stapled it on one end of a broom, put a magnet underneath it, stapled it on other end of it, electrified it, and I had the first electric guitar. But Les Paul patented it. So, why did I tell you all that? I just thought it was a cool story. <laughs> but I learned a lot about acoustics. There are some uh, buildings that are built with wonderful acoustics that you can be on one side and hear the conversation on the other side. I understand there's a, there's a school somewhere. I'm looking for Mark and Cynthia. There's a school somewhere in Carolina that he referenced. I have no idea where it is. But the student center has little booths around it, and you can be in one little booth talking with your girlfriend, and the guy over here can hear what you're saying because the acoustics are that perfect. Some of you have been in churches that the acoustics are terrible. And, and I know that if Norris was here, we always love to report, uh, tell Norris's stories. The acoustic panels in Henley Hall, I understand, came from Lutheran Church, Methodist Church, Zion Lutheran. It didn't fit for those, but it fit for ours. It helped the acoustics in our um, fellowship hall. Theologian D.A. Carson says that they could not hear or obey God because they were hearing the, fa the father, their father, the devil. And I think they could hear but they only listen to the devil, and that's who they chose to obey, that's who they chose to follow. And with acoustics, we sometimes find that we need to change the room in which we're in. We need to get away from the crowd. We need to go to places where the sound can be amplified easier to where we can hear the words of the Heavenly Father. About eight or nine years ago when I had like iPhone 3, whatever they are now, iPhone 25, uh, Brenda and I went to Restoration Hardware, and they had a wooden uh, cornucopia, like, like an old-style, you know, uh, phonograph. And all it was is you set your iPhone in that little block of wood, and with that wooden ear, it amplified so wonderfully. It was the, where you put the sound, how it made it go. Think about that, how we are amplifiers or mutes of God's Word. Are you sharing it loudly or are you turning down the volume? Jesus says that the devil is a murderer from the beginning. 
Most commentators think this is a reference back to Adam and Eve. It is because of his influence in Adam and Eve that they were cast out of the Garden of Eden and therefore death, sin and death entered into the world. Other commentators will say it has something to do with Cain and Abel because the devil spoke to Cain and influenced him to kill Abel. Jesus says basically from the beginning he's been a liar and there is no truth in him. And this week I will tell you how my mind works and goes a million different places. Our society has, has changed so much that some of us, I mean, we have motorcycle groups since, what, the 60s or 50s that are called the Hell's Angels. In Jesus' day, to even be called a child of the devil would have been such a verbal insult that that would cause you to want to kill him. If somebody, you know, Flip Wilson in my generation, the devil made me do it. Isn't that what he said? Something like that? I don't know if Flip said that or he said, here comes the judge. But all, all those little things, we, we continue to make the devil more palatable. We, we turned him into some little horned red person with a tail and hoof claws and make him into a joke. He is a liar and a murderer and he will destroy you, your heart, your family, your life and will separate you from the source of love and everlasting life. They have listened to Satan and they have become hard of hearing spiritually. I said already I'm a little hard of hearing. I wonder, are you a little hard of hearing spiritually as well? Well, here's some lessons from a hard of hearing guy, just two. Choose to hear. When we are shaking hands in a context like this, and if the band or somebody's playing, I have to choose to hear you because there are so many sounds going on. And that's a conscious choice because it's easy just to look at, yeah, yeah, mm -hmm, yeah, sure, yeah, yeah. God love them, you know, whatever they said, I don't know. But, but when you have to engage, you can choose to listen, you can focus, you can fix, you can even change the acoustics. Hey, that's really important. Can we step over here in the corner? Can I, can I really, I can't really hear exactly what you're trying to tell me, so let's go somewhere I can. So you choose to hear, and then you also go to the voice, and that has something with, you know, getting closer. You turn the good ear to them. You have to stop talking, and you go to the voice. So finally, as we consider who's your daddy, and if children are coming in, they're going to wonder why is he talking about that. The second and final point is paternity tests. Now, we know that paternity tests are given to determine the father of a child via DNA, a lab test, whatever, to determine who the biological father is. But for many of you out there, and if these kids would take time and I look at them, I could tell you whose kids they belong to because of the way they act, the way they walk, the way they talk, the stories they tell, the verbiage they use, and yeah, some of them even look like you. Jesus said to these people he was talking to that day, you talk, you act, you live, you conduct yourself, and yeah, some of you even look like the devil. Now, I'm not talking about any of you in here today. But then, you think that's a paternity test? No, he, he administers a paternity test on himself. He says, look at verse 45. 
Yet because I tell the truth, you do not believe me. Can anyone of you prove me guilty of sin? That is his paternity test. Anybody in here, he says, listening to me right now, can list my sins. And before we go on any further, well, let me read verse 46. Can any of you prove me guilty of sin? I am, if I'm telling you the truth, why don't you believe me? And I think that pause, that silence, communicates the perfect holiness of Jesus. That even his accusers could not jump up and say, well, this, 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 and this are your sins. Jesus administers a paternity test to see who his father is and passes with flying colors. How would you hold up today on a paternity test between the Father in heaven or the Father of lies, murders, and death, Satan? Hmm. Who's your daddy? Some might say, well, Cliff, I, I, I know I've stumbled a bit. Haven't been to church or Sunday school in, in a while. I think it starts at 9.45 and church starts at 11 or when I get there. That was the inside joke. Some of you didn't catch it. <clears throat> Seems like my D3 group or my discipleship group just didn't mix well. So, you know, I, I, I was kind of as a pain. Wednesday refuel never has a meal I like because, I mean, I, I'm gluten whatever and I'm carb this. And, I, you know, I, let me tell you, if you didn't go last week, you missed some pork loin some, uh, what was the other stuff? The roll. See, I'm a bread freak, and the, the bread is always gets me. The desserts, in fact, blame old Cliff. Cliff is in the back. He has brought chocolate. F he's got white chocolate. He's got chocolate chocolate. He, he has got it out there. So if you want to gain 100 pounds, just go back by the coffee pot and eat all that up. But some of you will say, well, my job is so demanding, Cliff, and since COVID, I don't feel very safe going to church. I, I, I know I spend more money eating out than I give to missions or to the church. I know I spend more time on Facebook and TikTok and solitaire than I ever do in God's Word. I know I spend, I'm only talking about myself, I spend more time cursing the guy driving in front of me than praising God. I spend more emotion anticipating the next Blue Blood episode than I do the advent of the Christ. Who's your daddy? but God's my daddy, Cliff. Well, hold that thought. Cliff, are you saying that God's not my daddy? Are, are you destroying my years of thinking? And, of course, you know, there are tons of scriptures that tell us that what God has is in his hand, nothing can take out. I agree, I'm 100% of that. But some of us, some have strayed so far that it is difficult to tell who's your daddy. Read this passage with me. This is 1 John, so if you want to say it's, it's John's commentary on his own gospel. Most of us haven't memorized or portions of it because some of the scriptures are so uplifting. So God is love, God is light. It's, these verses from 1 John are so powerful, but if you realize that this epistle was written to the first century church that was struggling. There are some who were challenging those in authority. Some were deviating from the gospel. 
So everyone who sins breaks the law. In fact, sin is lawlessness. But do you know that he appeared so that he might take away our sins? And in him is no sin. No one who lives in him, in him keeps on sinning. Read that one again. And in him is no sin. No one who lives in him keeps on sinning. No one who continues to sin has either seen him or known him. Dear children, do not let anyone lead you astray. The one who does what is right is righteous, just as he is righteous. The one who does what is sinful is of the devil, because the devil has been sinning from the beginning. Does it sound familiar? The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. No one who is born of God will continue to sin. Let me say that again. No one who is born of God will continue to sin again. Because God's seed remains in them, they cannot go on sinning because they have been born of God. This is how we know who the children of God are and who the children of the devil are. Anyone who does, who does not do what is right is not God's child, nor is anyone who does not love their brother and sister. Cliff, are you saying that God's not my daddy? I'm not. Scripture may be. Look at verse 47. He who belongs to God hears what God says. The reason you do not hear is that you do not belong to God. Make the move to better acoustics. Choose to hear him. Move to his voice. Who's your daddy? Choose now. Stand with me, please, we pray. Fathers, we come now to a time of invitation. If there's someone here who's been struggling with sin in their life, perhaps they have allowed Satan's influence to take over their witness. They have not proclaimed you as they should. And they know through the conviction of the Holy Spirit that they're guilty of following a liar versus the truth. Father, you are so faithful and loving to forgive us. If your seed is in us, the Holy Spirit is in us, we must turn from our wicked ways. We must rebuke our patterns of sin in our lives and listen to your voice. If there's someone here during this invitation time that needs to come and pray, needs to come, perhaps wants to make a statement of rededication, perhaps they've never accepted you as their Savior, this is the moment to say, you are my daddy, not the world but the Father, the Creator, the Redeemer, and Sustainer of all. Speak to the hearts of your children, for I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.